Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three. Hope you had a weekend filled with sports action. Lots to watch there. World Series champ, Houston Astros, most of baseball America. Unhappy with that result. Muzzle tough just the same to them. A forgettable weekend, mostly a pro football. College football took center stage, although the Tennessee-Georgia game wasn't the greatest. It was great for Dave Damashek and anyone who tailed him. I told you, Georgia laying the points and the under. Some cynics doubted that both things could come true. I breezed to both as it happened there. Six and two with my college picks. Not as good with my pro football picks, but I'm not going to talk about those. We have Ike Taylor coming up because we are now into the second half of the NFL season. My favorite football team deserves a deep dive. One of the biggest brands in sports. I want to talk with a guy who is has always been plugged into the Steelers, but now is by employment plugged into those same Pittsburgh Steelers. He's now a scout for the Steelers. Ike Taylor, number two, four, our, our, our all-time favorite guest here on the show. Coming at you in just a second, Eddie Spaghetti. His Notre Dame fighting Irish with a big victory. Another one I called, but that over, I would have been 7-1 and one if, they, if, if, if Clemson didn't get a garbage time touchdown. It vexes me to no end. Huh, Spaghetti? Yeah, I mean, you had a great, great weekend. Uh, you're totally right. College football did take center stage. Uh, Alabama LSU game was awesome. Uh, Georgia Tennessee that kind of lackluster. Right? Um, yeah, and I was I was pretty disappointed in Tennessee, but I think this this does prove that Georgia is the best team in the country. And I think if they can slow down an offense like Tennessee, they can slow down an offense like Ohio State, um, uh, who did struggle kind of early on versus Northwestern. That was an ugly, ugly weather game there. And then, yeah, the the Irish, uh, I, I felt good about this game. Uh, not that they're going to win this game, but I thought it would be at least a close one. The no- Notre Dame has fared very well versus the ACC, which, by the way, as a conference, is struggling mightily right now. But their best wins of the year, That's I right. mean, Clemson, uh, North Carolina, Syracuse, three of the top ACC teams, and Notre Dame beat them all. And they really just ran the ball down their throat. Like Davos Sweeney said, one of the worst days of his co- coaching career. He said they got their uh, their butts kicked. It was just a, as bad as a loss. And we kind of move on from them being a part of this college football playoff. Uh, that's my takeaway. I'm glad to win the bet, but I'm all, well. I'm not happy about losing that over because I I was sure I was, I was like I'm per I'm gonna sweep the weekend. If you would have stopped the clock at local time, eight fifteen p.m. I would have gone undefeated because Mississippi State um, was looking real good, and then they blew a massive lead in the second half there. But yes, um, that uh, you mentioned that that Bama, Bama LSU game was a, was an all time gem, real a, a really satisfying game, reminding the SEC and the rest of the college football world uh, that both of those teams are still relevant. Bama now out, Clemson likely now out as well. Sets up for a fascinating Final Four. We'll dig in on that with Hench later in the re- in the week. Real quick, Brady v. Gino. Now, just a quick look ahead for you, and then we'll uh, we'll get to Ike Taylor. But Brady and Gino. I mean, this is really the essence of the bizarre 2022 NFL season in Tampa. Big rally by Brady in the last minute or whatever, less than a minute to, to steal that game against the Rams, who now themselves are in dire straits. Um, Brady and Gino down there in Tampa, St. Pete. The Bucks laying two. Geno Smith. What that? What if I showed you that line? What would have to have happened between then and now to make you believe that the Bucks would only be given to the to the Seattle Seahawks? Dolphins given four to the Browns. That's a fascinating game on a number of levels too, because I do think these Dolphins are the 2018 Kansas City Chiefs or the greatest show on turf or otherwise. The league is going to have a hard time catching up to them. But if the Browns win that one in the game before they get Deshaun Watson back. They remain relevant for the second half of the season. Again, to the chagrin of most of football America there. Football gods punishing Al Michaels for complaining too much. He gets the all-time stinker primetime game. Falcons and Panthers. What a beauty. Bills giving seven and a half to Kirk Cousins and company. Cowboys giving five at the pack. That's a crazy one. Niners giving seven to the visiting Chargers on Sunday. Wouldn't you know it, the day I back off the Chargers, they rally to steal a game that it looked over for them. And uh, they just about wound up in first place after Sunday night. But all right, we'll get into all of that deeper with Kevin Hench later in the weekend on all the rest of the shows on the Extra Points Network. Right now, though, 
Eddie Spaghetti. He's sitting there ready to go. Ike Taylor. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Hey, listen up, sports fan. This message is for you. Your first bet with Caesar Sportsbook and Casino, it's on Caesars, up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code C-Z-R-F-U-L-L and place your first bet. If you win, muzzle tub. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks, game tickets, experiences, and more. And because Caesar plays by the rules, here comes the lengthy, responsible gaming disclaimer. 21 and over, must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or our nation's capital. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT. Step, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text Hope NY, Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, maybe I'm a little late on this, but first of all, emergency show for Pittsburgh Steelers supporters, but also a belated muzzle tub. First and foremost, you hear him on Believe in the Steelers with our guy Mark Bergen every week talking about the black and gold. He also is now a scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He also happens to be my all-time favorite Pittsburgh Steeler. Here he is, everybody. Ike Taylor. What's the poop, fella? Shaq. Thanks for having me on the show, bro. Well, listen, The fir- first and foremost, before we dig in on the 2022 campaign, which I don't know if you've been paying attention there. I know you're out on the road doing your scouting duties there, Ike T. But so far, the season has not gone very well. They're two and six, and people are very upset on the banks of the Three Rivers and beyond. But like I say... That can wait one more second while I say, muzzle tub to you. I've known you for a while now, and I've always known, and we've talked about your ability on the microphone. Obviously, you're a good athlete, all those things. The thing I think you always were great at was player evaluation, and here you are now doing it for your pro football team. Again, <coughs> muzzle tub to you. Yo, it's a dream job, Shaq. Um, obviously, working with you at the network, Kind of hone my skills on talking, mm. understand how to talk, not in front, uh, just as well as people, but on camera. You know, I, I be telling people all the time, like, man, you got to be toned in, tuned in when you got an earpiece in and a producer like 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, or Ike, or, or Sheck, you got 
30 seconds left to talk, wrap it up as you're talking. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not for everybody. You know, you, you got you got to you got to want to do it. You got to understand what you're doing and you have to multitask while you on camera live in front of millions of people. And the camera has to be your best friend. But this is a dream job for me, Shaq. I always wanted to be a GM. Um, I felt like a scout was a was groundwork for me. Us doing our shows together, the draft shows, who I thought was good, who I thought wasn't good, who I thought would maybe go on what round and why. And I remember you telling me, Ike, all you got to do is just hit on one, be right on one. And hmm. the first one I hit on was my tight end from Ole Miss who went to the New York Giants in that draft class. Evan Ingram, right. Ingram. And I hit on it. And But just going through that evaluation period, check, just uh, not going out. Um, I remember we went to Indy for the combine one time, and I think everybody wanted to go uh, go-karting at one time. I said, nah, man, I, I want to sit and make sure I'm good with these evaluations. And that's just part of the process. I always felt like this is what I wanted to do. Pittsburgh gave me opportunity as an active player to sit in some of them draft meetings, to sit in the room on draft day. Now, obviously, when it was time for them to draft somebody in my position, they told me, kick rocks, get the hell on out. Mm. But um, other than that, though, I've always been a fan. This is something I always wanted to do. So for me personally, it ain't a job for me, man. This is something that's, that I'm passionate about, Shaq. It is uh, it is a, a natural progression, it seems, because I knew you as a player. And uh, day one, you had the most important thing. You were your authentic self on the microphone. And so it immediately you immediately presented to somebody who would stand out in the media. But right. this is even better, because when we would kibitz, you you could ID like check out this guy from some random college football game. And next thing you know, a year or three later there, that guy would be getting drafted into the NFL, and you also, I sat next to you while you literally negotiated some of your pals' contracts with Kevin Colbert, and you counseled, hey, ask for this, and hey, let's get, hey, KC, let's just get this done here. Let's, he's going to be, he's not going to be happy with this. You're not going to be happy with that. Let's just settle in the middle, and then the next day the contract would be announced for a guy, and it'd be like, that's, that's pretty uh, insider stuff there, uh, too, for. But anyhow. Muzzle tub to you. You're out on the road trying to make this team get better from where they are right now. And I want to hear about your uh, your travels around football America a little bit, including your guy Ivan there already as a freshman getting offered by Pitt, among others. So we need an update on your boy, your progeny and where he might matriculate in uh, in three football seasons from now. But let's get into it. I, 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 I threw up the Ike signal. Because things are dire now. People are getting histrionic. I like they got dude, they gotta fire Mike Tomlin. Dude, the dude don't win games enough, dude. He don't he ain't won no playoff game in half a decade and, and and so on and so forth. Two and six at the halfway mark, your concern level. Let's start there about where I we'll get into what the back half of this season looks like, but your concern about the state of the Pittsburgh Steelers as we sit here in early November 2022 and the roster makeup and beyond. Oh, factual, we're just not a good team right now. Mm. Yeah. Um, we're we're not playing good. Uh, we have the talent, especially on offense. We just got to find ways, in my mind, Shaq, to get the guys the ball. You know, you're George Pickens. Um, I think George is probably one of the best young talents in the NFL. I think Pittsburgh hit it on the head when they drafted him. Uh, Austin the third probably won't see him to later on the season, probably next year. But he's another good young t- talent. Kenny Pickett, I thought coming out the draft was probably your most ready quarterback because he stayed all four years. So he's a very mature. Um, he can sit in the pocket, doesn't mind taking the hit, make plays with his legs when he want to. And, of course, Deontay Johnson. You know, we just signed him to an extension. But, you know, the Najee ain't looking the same as far as, like, running. Check. Um, okay, well, I- let's, let's, go, let's go one by one there. First of all, George Pickens. Does Chase Claypool going to Chicago, you know, the math kind of is like, well, you took one guy off, so that should bump up. Does that naturally make sense then that we're going to see more targets for George Pickens in the second George half of the season? I- I agree with you. George Pickens needs to receive more targets. One. Mm. Two, George Pickens is the best, in my mind, offensive player on that team. 
too. Mm. Um, I had the opportunity to watch George Pickens in the in training camp, and it's it's effortless. When you have a receiver who does things off of a want to, and what I mean by that, most of, most of his highlights have been not only fantastic catches, check, but blocking. When you yeah, got that's a, true. When you got a guy who wants to block, that says a lot. That means he's all about we and he's all about team. Um, Deontay, uh, coming in and out of his breaks, uh, he's probably one of the smoothest guys I've seen who can do it. You know, he, he got a lot of quick twitches when it comes to that standpoint. But for me, hands down, I think George Pickens is the best and have the highest, uh, not only ceiling, I'm going to take the ceiling off, has the highest, whatever you want to call it, to be very successful in the NFL. That's one of the reasons why I think Pittsburgh let or traded Chase Claypool. Um, not only do we get another second round uh, draft pick in the 2023 draft check, but as well, um, we just add more more top 50. I think we got four four picks in the top 50 for the 2023 draft, which says a lot. Uh, that can be the foundation. That can be the base. But just sticking with what you want to go one by one with George Pickens, I haven't seen a guy of his caliber uh, in a long in a long time, and he just has that it factor. He's a natural catcher, a natural and catcher. I agree, and I think you know anybody with two eyes would agree with that. And there's there's you know since August, if not before, Stiller's Nation has been enthused by the you know the acrobatic catches and everything. Yeah. So. What's the explanation then in rudimentary terms, Ike? Why do we not see number 14 flashing across the middle of the field more? Why is it all go balls with him? And by the way, many go balls. I'm fine if if it's if you're using a rookie as, hey, stretch the field for us, go get it on those 50-50 balls, as I always talk about the best who do it. You and I have talked about that forever, is Calvin Johnson, Des Bryant, and so on. The best at it. See to it that of the three options, which are a catch, uh, an incompletion, or an interception, the third one never happens with the best guys because they see to it that the defender doesn't pick the ball. Why don't we see more of that from pick-ins? Why don't we see more go balls called 414? And then, like I say, shallower routes, independent, uh, uh, intermediate routes over the middle of the field. I think you will from this point on. I, I, just, don't want, I just don't want to see George Pickens – uh, on go balls, like I think George Pickens is one of those. I'm, I'm, I'm about to talk as I'm George Pickens. Don't third and fifteen to third and down me to get y'all out of bad situation when you could have first or second and five me in short routes hmm. and I'll win big situations. I'll make a big play. That's the caliber of receiver that I am. I'm speaking as I'm George Pickens, and that's how I look at it. Like I don't want us just all of a sudden we're in a dire situation. Hey, George, be Superman and get us out of it. Nah, good receivers like a George Pickens, you find ways to get him the ball early, whether it's wide receiver screens, whether it's putting him in a slot, let him get in motion, just force-feeding him for the time being. I think he deserves at least 10 to 12 targets. That's just my personal opinion. It's max. Give him eight for show every game, and he'll find a way to get in the end zone to make or, or to make a play, but I don't think – all, we shouldn't all of a sudden, like all of a sudden, we got to look for the man on third down and expect for him to be miraculous all the time. That's just not going to work in the NFL. Okay, I do want to go one by one with those pieces, but now I'm going to take a hard right turn of what I just proposed okay. a minute ago here. And because and, it does inform what we do. Is Mike Tomlin in coaches' meetings, do you suppose, saying to Matt Canada, the rest of this season is about getting right for 2023. That's our focus. And so how we distribute targets and everything, or is it about winning right now? And by the way, those are not two mutually exclusive, mutually exclusive things. Obviously George Pickens presumably is going to give you a better chance of winning games if he is featured in the offense. Um, so, okay. Answer that. And then we'll move on to the individual pieces. Yeah. Coach T always in there right now. In it right now, my senses, right? Yeah, yeah. Right now is winning football games for the 2022 season. Let's see how we can turn this season around. Coach T ain't never looking ahead. The only time Coach T is looking ahead when in the offseason, if you want to say, is who's going to be our next draft pick or who are we picking or give me some options, give me some choices. But Coach T has always been a right now guy. You know, this is this is what Coach T makes his bread and butter 
Um, I don't care who you get for me. I'm going to find a way and make it work. Um, but right now it's not working. So for mm-hmm. Coach talking to Matt Canada or looking in the, in the future as far as like for the Pittsburgh still, there's no, no check. He's not looking down the line. He's looking day by day right now because of the season. Well, that's, I mean, you're in the scouting department, so maybe that uh, doesn't necessarily appeal to your ears because you want the highest possible draft pick in, in your new role there. But Stillers fans, Ike, are going to be very upset by that. I keep saying that Coach T is going to try to win these right. games, whether or not you fans or the media members think that's a good idea or not. This idea that they're going to land in the top five of next spring's draft, I think is not plausible. I, I mean, I don't know what they what sequence of, you know, uh, you know, put which superstars you'd have to put in street clothes for the second half of the year for them to tank out here. I just don't think it's plausible. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic. Um, but OK. Why has the sum not equal the parts um, with the defense? You have Brian Flores there, who is a whiz by resume at minimum coach T his great defenders out there for all the like, Hey, they got to get rid of Mike Tomlin, Dave. There is, you, you would be hard pressed to find many professional athletes who would agree with that. Everybody loves Mike Tomlin as, as a scheme guy, as a teacher, I'm not talking about motivational stuff that he says in front of the media and all that kind right. of platitudinous stuff. I'm talking about coaching at practice, scheming things up and everything. Why hasn't this worked out so far as, as an overall? Why are they two and six right now with – because everybody keeps punching it like, Mike Candidate is his friend as though Mike Tomlin is somehow different um, than his peers who hire people that they already know and have a good working relationship with. It's very strange. But, the, you know, at least on the defensive side, I, I'm, I'm frankly surprised that they're not at least three and five. How say you on why the sum hasn't equaled the parts yet? I mean, when you when you when you second to last or third to last in offense with scoring, man, it's hard for a defense. I don't care how dominant your defense is. I mean, you got thirty two teams. I don't know if Pittsburgh twenty seven or twenty eight. When it comes down to points per game for the offense, man, you I don't I don't care who you have on the field. That's just tough, you know. To to only have sixteen, to only average sixteen points, fifteen points a game in the NFL, you're not going to win a lot of ball games. So honestly. Um, on the defensive side, the, the longer you're on the field, offense coordinator going to figure a way to beat you or offense coordinator just going to figure a way to run the clock out or offensive coordinator, it, not, not even the offensive coordinator, somebody on the other side will make a play or two. Mm. And that's exactly what happens because you're just giving them opportunities. And the more opportunities you have on playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, they're going to make their play, Shaq. So honestly, I don't think it's all on the defense. Um, I think as far as like the secondary wise, um, corners, we can tighten up linebackers. We can definitely t- tighten up that between the outside linebackers and that D line. I don't think it's an issue with Cam sitting in the middle. Cam has been doing more than enough. You know what I'm saying? But on the as a whole, uh, we have to as a squad score more points on the offensive side to have a defense out that long, regardless of how good of pro bowlers you have. In, in Minka and Cam and company, man, when you just on a when you just on the field for that long, Shaq, it's hard to contain any kind of offense. Well, you know the Jenga theory, which goes that every pro football team is going to have some injuries. The problem is, is if you lose the essential piece and you remove it, the whole thing will implode on you. That to me is T.J. Watt. This is not. A Super Bowl roster. I don't think any pie-eyed optimist looked at this Steelers and said, this team could finish winning the Lombardi Trophy. I mean, it was not going to happen with Trubisky or Pickett right. or Mason Rudolph or right. maybe with Damashek. I don't – because you know why? Because I'm – because it, it's because I, I got the winner's mentality, Ike. You know, like maybe the, nat- the, the natural ability isn't there, but I make up for it with grit and I have the cunning of a mongoose. And I think – you know, I'm a leader of men, and I think we can agree on that. But anyhow – when T.J. Watt goes out, people have made a big deal about that. One player can't make that big a difference. Yeah, I mean, if the Chiefs lost Patrick Mahomes, we would say, well, like the expectation for the Chiefs now drops significantly. The Steelers' uh, best player and one of the five best non-QBs in the league is T.J. Watt. When he goes out on a flawed roster, of course they're going to regress. My issue 
with the way Mike Tomlin has approached it is. The standard can stay the standard and next man up and all of that, but the approach can't stay the approach. You must try to generate more points on offense. You have to gamble more in fourth and shorts, whether it makes sense. He, he skews conservative as a head coach with his in-game calls, but you have to push it a little bit more, and that's been my issue in a couple of spots there. The Bills game and the Eagles game, he could have hit the gas a little harder earlier in the game, but they were going to lose those games. But the Dolphins game, trying to hang in there and knuckleball your way to wins is going to be tough to do when your best defensive piece ain't on the field, right or no? I mean, to lose a former last year defensive player of the year, there is no such thing as next man up. You don't, you don't, them guys don't come around too often. We just fortunate enough from, from a Pittsburgh Steelers standpoint, Shake, to have them on our team, and that's T.J. Watt. So we all saw, and now we see when T.J. Watt is on the field, on my winning percentage, and when T.J. Watt is off the field, our winning percentage. But then again, um, to be honest with you, Shaq, we really haven't been blown out other than the second half. All them games, the, the, the Miami Dolphins games, we was in it in the first half. The Philadelphia Eagles game, we was in it uh, towards the end of the second quarter. Oh, right. The Bills, the Bills game is the outlier that you that you just throw away. Yeah, they had other, no secondary or so. I can forgive that game completely. Okay, other than the Bills, right. you still have to generate some points. You know, you, you, you give me 10 points in the first half, the defense can – now it's a chess match between the defense and the OC. If it's 14-3 or 14-0 in the first half, I mean, what you, what you want the defensive guys to do. So, for me, it's just finding a way to get your playmakers the ball different kind of ways, not just lining up, but different kind of ways, um, being creative and scoring some points, Shaq. So, like you say, other than a Buffalo Bills game where it was just a total blowout, Pittsburgh has been in pretty much every game. Right now, we just find the ways to lose the ball game. Yeah, but that goes back to my point about you have to change your approach. I don't mean radically, but a little. Correct. You gotta you gotta hit the gas in in high leverage spots, especially in second halves. I mean, there were, I, I can look at the Cleveland game, go back to that one. There are a number of games away. And what I what I'm getting at is just like last year, I am not under some delusion that I thought last year with Roethlisberger or this year with Trubisky or Pickett that this is a Super Bowl worthy roster. What I do think is, as you're trying to fuel the plane that's thirty thousand feet in the sky, making a run at a wild card spot is pretty good. If that's the if that's the the basement of where you are year after year, if they're like making a playoff run, that's fine. And I think they'd be three and five, or maybe four and four if they had the reigning defensive player of the year and call that an excuse or whatever else you want. But this is a flawed roster. If you have him in there, he probably steals the game. By the way, my point of reference for that is last season and week one in Cincinnati, as soon as Watt went out, the game got very different um, against Burrow and company there. But I I do think that they are going to with DeMonte Kazee. And Will Jackson, three, who, by the way, in 2016, Ike Taylor said, watch this, Sheck. Steelers got this guy circled. They're going to take Will Jackson. Just let him get there. Oh, he's, he keeps going. He's, he's getting to us, Sheck. He's getting to us, Sheck. And then them bungles took him out from under us. But you've always pined for him, so I'm glad that that worked out. That was one of your uh, uh, insights that you that you knew was coming. But, okay, that guy's a legit man cover corner. Um the defense, because they're getting right. I think they do have a chance to be what I think Tomlin and Flores and a lot of people anticipated. But then now we go back to the other side of things. Who is this on? Everybody is out for blood to a weird degree, in my opinion, about like you're a grown up and you're spending time on social media and otherwise talking about like they got to fire Mad Canada. Like, you know, grow up, you know, like, all right. Your, your opinion's been stated like out for blood, like uh, it, it's getting a little weird with the hatred of this guy. But is it Matt Canada? Is it a rookie QB? Is it uh, you know people are pointing at Najee Harris was a was a bad pick? What it, or is it just a combo of all those things? I mean, shake it could be, it could be a combo. At this point, when you lose it, it's a combo. Of everybody, everybody got to look at themselves in the mirror and and be like, you know what? I got to change something because obviously at two and six, whatever I had in mind ain't working. Mm. But getting to your William Jackson, the third, the corner that we acquired from the Washington 
commanders, um, it's more attitude. And you know, in that secondary, man, you gotta have you you gotta you gotta have some grit. You gotta be pissed off. You gotta be you gotta be angry at the world. And right now, in my mind, just my personal opinion, um, Minka is probably the only one in that secondary who just always plays pissed off. Who just mad at everybody for no reason. And to play that position, you have to have that kind of chip on your shoulder, you know. So um, I think William Jackson the third will bring that to the secondary as well. Or uh, you talked about Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, man, you knew you was gonna get your ups and down with ups and downs with Kenny. Um, but I do think Kenny is the right guy for this organization. You know, are they um, putting a, a quick question about that? Are they putting too much on him? If you looked at the way the Titans used Malik Willis on Sunday night. They, it was very spare. There was no pressure on that guy to do much of anything. He threw a couple of go balls. That, by the way, if the Indiana kid had caught that one, it's game over. They would have got up two scores. But anyhow, they didn't put a lot on Willis's plate to, to make it work. Justin Fields is just now starting to emerge. Are they asking too much to, to the kid? Like, hey, hey, make some complicated decisions pre-snap and post-snap that it's a little unfair, but a little, a lot of talk about like, well, he's 24. He should be able to handle it. He's still a rookie. Is it, is it too much on the most important positions plate right now instead of the Roethlisberger thing of the Cower has suggested, like they should just be running the ball. Well, hey, coach Coward, they have zero ability to run the ball. So it'd be a lot of three and outs if that's the spot they're putting them in. So anyway, I'll tell you on all that babble that I just threw out. Yeah. So for, for, for me and Kenny Pickett, I will make it as simple as possible with Kenny, I would tell Kenny, if you don't like what you see, run the ball. I am with you a hundred percent on that. I know that's simplistic kind of thing. That's exactly. He's a rookie. He can run the ball. That's what he's, his instinct is. Oh, first three days there, I'm gonna take off. I don't know why we're not seeing more of that. But it's hard to to reset somebody's mind where he doesn't mind sitting in the pocket and getting hit to make a throw for one of his guys to make a catch. So you got to make him reset his mind like Kenny right now, and this is where we're at. Um, I don't want to put too much pressure on you, Kenny. If you don't like what you see, just take off. Now, when you take off, either get out of bounds or slide because you as our franchise quarterback. We don't need you taking these big hits. That's what I would do if I was in that situation, especially at this 2-6. and six. But a rookie quarterback at this day and age – you're going to go through it. You're going to have a lot of ups and downs. You know, he's going to make these mistakes at crucial times, you know. But for, for Kenny, I, I seen Kenny. When Kenny is on the field, when it was going back and forth with Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, when Kenny stepped on that field, you just saw a different vibe mm-hmm. from offensive guys. And that's, and that's just – and you can't you – can't, the camera don't lie. You can be as political as you want to be. You can say this guy's good for the team, but I've saw I've seen with my own eyes, and I'm sure you saw as well mm-hmm. when he steps on the field. The offense vibe, the offensive vibe, is just totally different. And this is no disrespect to Mitchell Trubisky; it's just Kenny is the answer, you know. But uh, to get to answering your question, yeah, if 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 I was the OC or the coach, I'd tell Kenny, Kenny, bro. If you don't like what you see, bro, run that thing. Just make sure when you run it, be safe. Yeah, just cover it up. That's all. Don't uh, don't turn the ball over. I, I, I thought experiment for any Steelers fan within the sound of my voice. If Kenny Pickett, he threw a pick instead times two down in Miami. But if he throws a touchdown pass in that game and they knock off the Miami Dolphins and they're sitting at three and five, the conversation is very different and much sunnier on the banks Correct. of the three rivers about in this division, in this conference, the way it's setting up that shot to make a run at nine wins and try to backdoor just like last year into the, into the playoffs. And again, that is not the goal. That's not Mike Tomlin standards. That's not the Rooney's family standard, but as you're trying to fuel this plane that's up in the sky right now without bottoming out at, at two and 15 or whatever, you know, that that's a pretty good result, no matter how much people are pining for some uh, faceless top five pick that's going to fix everything. It's also a funny math, too, that the people who don't trust the um, the brain trust at, at the personal personnel level 
They don't trust, they don't like the roster that's put together, but they do trust those same people to get it right in the next draft. It is a funny, like, no, <laughs> you can't have no, it both ways, everybody. No, I'm, 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 I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to help you get it right. We got, we got a nice little squad. Yeah, we got a nice little squad. We got a nice little squad of scouts. And we, believe, believe me, but it's, it's two drafts. It's, it's two drafts. And I'm going to start off with this one right here. Definitely going to help to get that roster right when it comes down to, to, to getting to where we know we need to get to. And that's hoisting Lombardis. Believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. I'm all in with that check. And you can just, you, all you got to do is just look at what the Jets are doing. The, the Jets took two drafts. The okay. Jets took two drafts. Salah took two drafts to get his personality and exactly what he wanted. And you see they sitting at six and three right now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and toot my own horn. If they give me the green light um, between Omar, Coach T, the front office, and the owners, if they allow me to have my input, two drafts, check. Two more years, we'll be talking about this. Two drafts, I'm busting my butt, my to make sure we're getting exactly what we need to get for us to be back to what we think we need to be. Okay, well, I'm interested in hearing what that is because I've heard from you and Ryan Clark and a number of other of the Steelers, the last gang to hoist the Lombardi in black and gold, that the big differences, and it got mildly uncomfortable between Ryan Clark and Cam Hayward, and I get it. And, and Cliff's notes, and correct me if I'm wrong about anything I say, you guys had the, especially on defense, you, you guys talk all the time. You sing songs about, you genuflect, to the unit that was that new brand steel curtain and that you were all fighting for each other. And it was all about dog mentality. And you talk about that all the time and beat the one guy right in front of you. And I always talk about the, the night that it was you and Deion Sanders and all those guys and Willie McGinnis face of the Patriots and Ike Taylor face of the Steelers defense arguing about how to play successful defense in pro football in the 21st century. And for you and the Steelers, it is beat the guy in front of you and beat him up if you can within within the rules. And Cam didn't love that because I think he's the face. He's the transitional guy. He was the young guy on that defense that we're talking about a decade, 12 years ago. And now he is the face of this new Steeler. So I get that he would have a chip on his shoulder when Ryan Clark calls out, this team doesn't have a leader, doesn't have that dog mentality. I guess I could see if I were Cam Hayward that that is a reflection on me. But is that what you're getting at? Because I do hear, I've heard some whispers that even Omar is in line with you. He's like, I need a couple of drafts to get the right kind of, not player, uh, not physical, physical player, the right mentality, that dog mentality. I've heard some of that kind of talk. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. Check what I will say. Football is, you got to have a few screws loose to love running into other guys full speed. I mean, playing football is equivalent to car accidents. That's 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 what they say. So you got to have you got to have more bar fight mm. guys on your roster than not, because your bar fight guys one they police the locker room, two they get everybody together. And all I know is all I know, and which I know is we did everything off the field together as much as we. And, and that made us play for each other. That made when you gave up a play, it hurted me to 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 walk back into that huddle to see my brothers like, dang, I. So when you when you have that kind of camaraderie, and that starts in the off season, and and, and that starts. That's that's why I'm in the 18 man group text, Super Bowl group text, because and my son called you know Troy Unk and his kids called Unk Ryan Clark, vice versa with his sons as well. But we did a lot of stuff off the field, bro. Deshae Towns, we did everything off the field. We, did, we, we, we started these bus tours. Like, I remember when Shea was playing with us, we all, we all pitched in some money, and we, we wound up doing two tour buses. So everybody, for about a month, everybody went, we all had a camp, whether it's Louisiana, Florida, Mississippi, Georgia, uh, Tennessee, and we're in Texas. All we wanted from each other was, hey, every town we went to, bro, make sure 
whoever grandma, grandpa, auntie, make sure we got that cooking in that town. That's all mm. we want. Make sure we ate good in that town. And to see buses pull up with grown men who's in the league, going to grandma's house, going to auntie's house, she feed nothing but, you know, 20, 30 guys. That meant a lot to that meant a lot to grandma and AT. That meant a lot to us. And we hop off the bus and everybody got their own camp. And it's just time. So you learn more on the road with your teammates. So it's not just football. It's not just a job. It's this my brother. Mm. That's what I think Pittsburgh. And I'm not saying they have to do it all the time. And you don't have to get two of buses. I'm just saying more of it. a camaraderie part off the field that translate everything onto the field. I wonder how much of that has to do with uh, the results on the field then inform whether or not you're a part of that. Because I can feel Cam Hayward. You could see Cam Hayward working to achieve exactly that, going off right. of the lessons taught by his elders, namely you right. and Farrier and and, uh, and Snacks and the rest of them. It feels like the younger guys aren't buying it as much. So I get where Cam's kind of, kind of resistant He's- to... <laughs> or whoever else pointing that out. Yeah, he's stuck. Cam's stuck in the pickle, you know, but... Right. I mean, Juju... Juju now, he's with the Kansas City Chiefs. Juju a couple of weeks ago, um, they inter- they interviewed Juju, and this 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 just gonna be forever. Juju said, you know, him, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes was playing Call of Duty together, right? And... They were down bad. What I mean by down bad, it was them three versus other guys, and they wind up coming out victorious. The camaraderie don't have to be tour buses. Them camaraderies don't have to be dinner dates with each other. Them camaraderies can be, since now it's a social media kind of generation, can be exactly what we were talking about, them call of duties. So them call of duties turned into not just football. When I get back to the locker room, like, bro, you saved my butt. I ain't even know so-and-so was behind me on that call of duty. Thanks for taking him out. And then it translates into something else. So it doesn't have to be what I just mentioned earlier. Like, doing things off the field, it creates a different environment. You do, you, 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 you truly will start to love your brother. You know, and so fight. you're out there and you talk. So you, as you're scouting these kids, are you trying to divine whether or not that's a part of their me- nah, I nah, imagine nah, that's that, really hard that, to pick up on if that kid nah, has that in them. That's not for me to do. As a scout, I got to find a stealer. I, I, I got to bring the best athlete at whatever pick, or we have to bring the best athlete at whatever pick that we have for the coaches to be like, okay, we got one. Okay, we got two. Now, whatever happens, it's up to the players in the locker room to decipher that. But I got to find the best stiller. I ain't talking. When I mean by stiller, don't talk to me about no speed. Don't talk to me about no height. Don't talk to me about how this position is supposed to look. A stiller is a stiller. A stiller don't have a certain qualification. Because if we keep buying into these qualifications, we're going to keep shortcutting ourselves at a position that we need. Honey badger. For example, Honey Badger, we all wanted Honey Badger at one point in time. Me, Troy, um, me, Troy, and Steve Damashek, I wanted him. I tried to recruit him, in fact. Man, listen. Maybe that take, didn't help. Take, take, take size out of it. We knew, or we That's thought, she we, said. how Sorry, much, how big of an impact Honey would have been. Honey is a stiller. Honey Badger is a Pittsburgh stiller. So you're not necessarily saying because the and I and I don't disagree with those who throw out there like they got to get back with premium picks to drafting drafting 300 pound uh, dudes. They got to just get gigantic on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Kind of hard to argue with in 2022 that where the Eagles are in these teams, it's not weirdly. I mean, by the way, as a side note. Kenny Pickett or or this QB or that is a little hard to do when Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford are playing the way they are this year. It's hard to really fathom what's right, going right. on with that. But what I was just going to say is two of my favorite stories are, well, always you guys rallying for each other in-game and post-game with guys talking stuff on the field and they're carrying out post-game with the Ravens, with Ray Lewis on buses and everything else. Funny and and ultimately supportive of what you're talking about but 
one of the stunners to me was when you when you were telling the tale of that you and the entire defense, uh, Brian McFadden tells the story too. Like, what are we doing? We're staying up all night the night of the Super Bowl, and I thought like, oh, you guys are out getting crazy on the night of the Super Bowl. What are you doing? What kind of commitment to winning is that? And it was no, no, Shaq. We sat around all night and just told stories. We just we just reveled in each other. And it wasn't out uh, getting wild like uh, Max McGee before Super Bowl one. You guys were just uh, praising each other and, and, and we're going to win for each other. It's, not, it, it's a neat story that kind of proves the point you're getting at. But back to the here and now and types of guys and everything else. My rationalization for people who it's 2020 hindsight ish when people were saying, well, saying now Najee Harris was a bad pick. What my explanation or rationalization was to people last year when they made that pick. One, I think Art 2 wanted it. And he said, fix the run game and get us a premium running back. Enough of this. One. But two, I feel like um, it was a, 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 as big a swing as possible for Ben Roethlisberger's farewell season. That give Roethlisberger the best chance to win in 2021. And the best way to do that right now is to put a stud runner who runs heavy like that. My issue with Najee is, and a lot of people have said this is somebody needs to get in his ear and let him know he's a moose, not a a jackrabbit. He's trying to juke guys when his virtue is more Derrick Henry which is put, you know, punish the guy trying to tackle you. How say you on that? Yeah. I mean, you're entitled to your own opinion, but you got to understand like there's been so much in and out for the offensive line check. The offensive line, they had the great offensive lines, they have chemistry. And usually guys on the offensive line, they've been playing with each other from training camp all the way to this point. Or they've been playing with each other for years. When you have a lot of shuffling in that offensive line, there is no chemistry check. Mm. So the offensive line, uh, us shuffling the offensive line, whether it's due to play or injury, it hurts the whole offense. One. Two, you got to understand if you don't have a good offensive line, you got to have a bona fide quarterback. And right now we just got a rookie as a quarterback. So he can make up for a lot of mistakes the offensive line makes. And we don't have that. Three, Najee was a pro bowler and he did have over a thousand yards. Three last year. So when you come and when you fast forward to this year's check, nah, he's not going to look the same because the offensive line ain't the same. Nah, he's not going to look the same because Ben Roethlisberger, future Hall of Famer, is not at quarterback right now. So, yeah, Najee ain't going to look the same because there's a lot of different pieces, major pieces, quarterback, offensive line, chemistry. So I look at offensive line as how I look at secondary. If one guy doesn't get the call or messes up a call in the secondary, it's a touchdown. If one guy on that offensive line don't get the call because they shuffling so much or do the injury, it messes up the whole offense. That's how you got to look at Najee. So I'm not looking at Najee like Najee having a bad year. I'm looking at why Najee having a bad year. Offensive line due to injuries uh, and shuffling, miscommunication, chemistry. Quarterback is not a future Hall of Famer right now. He retired last year. Here we go. I Listen, I agree with all of that, and I'm not knocking Najee. I just think that the formula – for him to succeed is being on a team that has a lead in the second half when he can march on Lynch it and punish defenders and everything else. That's when he will have his greatest uh, value to a team. But when you're trailing in second halves, he doesn't present as the I home mean, run hitter. It's, it's hard that you, that you, it's hard Shaq. Like you want him to be the moose, but if the hole isn't there at the time, he don't just mm-hmm. keep running until your offensive lineman back. So now you're just running blind. So Priest, mm-hmm. he may feel he need to hit, whether it's the outside or the inside, you know, right right now it's just not there. So he got – we we didn't say nothing last year when he was doing it. When he made the Pro Bowl last year, he went over 1,000. Won't nothing say. Now this year, all of a sudden, we critiquing every little thing the young man doing. I'm not going to let that happen. Okay, I'm, I, I, that's fair. I, I'm not as uh, tied knots about that draft pick because, like I say, I think it was a, had a lot to do with 2021. Um, but um, I don't want to hold you up too much longer. I appreciate the time, too, for. But a um, couple things. You touched on it there. It's murky at best. 
when you hear Kenny Pickett and uh, Coach T and everybody else talk about, like, we figured a lot of things out. You know, we after that Eagles game, we got together, we settled all hash, and now we're going to emerge new and better. What what was the issue there? When you're hearing about guys don't know their assignments, I know you're not going to call individuals out. Is that offensive lineman he's talking about? Is this a philosophical issue between what the players want to do, what the pass catchers want to do versus what Matt Canna wants to do? What is this 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 conflict that we're hearing about there? The conflict is everything is new. This is this is new to this organization other than 2003, which I, my rookie year we went 6-10. and 10. Pittsburgh haven't looked this bad in damn near 20, 20 21 years. So I'm going to give it a pass because I'm, I'm like, we spoiled the Pittsburgh Steelers fans for a lot of years, for a lot of years, for a lot of years. So to have a off year, um, I'm going to have this off year. And I'm going to have this off year because I got to give Kenny Pickett a pass. I got to give George Pickens a pass. I got to give the shuffling of the offensive line a pass. I got to give Coach T a pass. And the reason why. And Kenny Pickett's got to give George Pickens more passes. You said it best. I like that. Right. I like that. Okay. But, but yeah, at, at the same time, everything right now is just brand new, bro. It, it's, it's, a, it's a young, premature team. And at that quarterback position, which is the hardest position, we still have a baby. You know what I'm saying? So he's maturing as he's playing. He's getting game experiences. It's just, hey, Kenny, when it's crunch time, run that thing, bro. And that's getting back to what, that's getting back to what we said earlier on your show, Shaq. When it's crunch time, bro, I'd rather you run than throw that pick. You know, just make sure you slide when you do have the opportunity. Yep, that's right. Or do even better, do that fake slide thing. No, don't you do know, that. he should have trademarked. You don't like that one. Nope. I, I thought that was fun when he did that. Um, okay, so it all amounts to this, two four. Uh-huh. I'm gonna tell you what I think, and then and then you can react to it however you want to. Now listen, here's what I think, Ike. Two and six is bad. You know what? I can make a case. That if TJ Watts in there, I already made it. Right. Three and five or four and four. But that's in the rearview mirror. Can't change what's already happened, Ike. I don't know if you know. But going ahead, call me crazy, and you're welcome to do it right now. Look at the schedule. Nine games left. They win at least four, maybe six. And if they win that Saints game in Pittsburgh, I would not be stunned if they catch a little bit of fire and maybe win as many as seven games out of nine down the stretch here, but I'm in the range of four to six the rest of the way here. How say you? Ike Taylor. Yeah, they got to go three and one, three and one. You got to look at it every four games, so you got to hit it by the quarters. You know what I'm saying? So they, they got to find a way to go three and one, three and one. And that last – Will they, Ike? Will they? And that, and that, and that last game uh, should would determine. You know what I'm saying? Or three and one or three and five. That's, that's, that's how you got to break – this down after coming off this bye, they go three and one for the next four games. You know they get hot. We'll see. After that, you know you can go three, you can go three and two, and we'll see. But that's as just looking at it from that perspective. Um, I've always broken it down by quarters. You know, because that's how I was taught. You know, you go three and one, you got action. You go three and one, you got action. Your first quarter, you go three and one. Second quarter, you go. That's twelve and four. By the end of the day, that's twelve and four. So and you can always have put yourself in position when you do it like that. So for Pittsburgh, they got to go three and one coming off the bye, and then they got to go three and five to be exactly what it need to be. And what's your prediction? I'm saying that they will go, you know, yeah. seven and ten, eight and nine this year. Is yeah, yeah, is where I I'm am. Sa- I'm, uh, all right. To answer your question, they will. I think they'll start off three. I think they'll start off three and three and two. So the first five games, they'll win three and lose two. I think at the end of the season, if everybody's healthy, they'll win three games and lose one. Oh, I people are going to be very upset. But, Dave, we got to tank out. We got we to gotta get a top pick, Dave. That's just not the way, I, whether you like it or not, Steelers fans. Mike Tomlin and the rest of the organization is not going to lay down to get a pick that you don't even know who it is. It's coveted. Oh, got to get a top five pick. It's just not going to go that way. Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, and TJ Watt just ain't going to allow that to happen. 
I do think brighter days lay ahead, and I'm not talking about 2023, and I am optimistic about that when the cap is kind of on the Steelers' side, uh, an extra pick in the in the top two rounds there. I think it sets up fine, but in the short term, like it or not, the Steelers are about to look a lot better than they looked versus the last time we saw them. I, I, I'm getting, and I'm not going to let you answer that in case you're going to spray in some pessimism here because I don't want to hear about that. I, Taylor, hey, I, I, I could go on and on with you. How's Ivan doing, by the way? Is, is he has he decided on the Pitt Panthers yet? Nah, Ivan is a sophomore, not a freshman. One, two. okay, but he could sign. But he could sign with Pitt right nah, now. Nah, too. Um, I'm a, I'm, it's too early. I'm gonna let the man. Okay. Like I told my son, man, I'm, I'm gonna ride your coattail. All I told him was, uh, Mark. I told Ivan, wherever he decides, just make sure the coach just signed a new deal, so he don't have to keep going through different coaching staffs. That's 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 mm-hmm. all I told him. Make sure your position, you and your position coach are real cool. Y'all have some kind of camaraderie and make sure you hit a coach who just signed a deal or know he got years left on his deal. So we ain't got to keep going through this uh, transition of different coaches. Um, is he going to get, will Ivan Taylor get an NIL deal from your cigar company? I don't know if that's possible, but if, if that'd be hard for the NCAA to allow that. Just maybe just about it. But far as like uh, NIL deals, um, for sure, I'm, I'm putting him in position to have as soon as he get out uh, before he hits college, he will have a NIL deal. Um. Okay, I'm gonna let you go here, Ike. But do you have any? I'm sorry. Before I let you go, though, one last thing: Do you have any explanation for why Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and just about everybody decided Geno Smith stinks this year? They don't like Geno Smith? I like Geno fine. I said, why is Tom Brady no good? Why is Geno Smith better than Aaron Rodgers and Russell Will? What is going on? Why is every offense bad in the 2022 season? You don't think Tom Brady is no good right now? He's not good right now. What are you talking about? What's their record right now? Four and five. He hasn't been good. He was the the third best player in Heinz Field uh, or Agrisure. Uh, a few weeks ago behind Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. He has not looked good. You can't argue he's looked good. Any of the guys you just named on who I think would finish the season out and get me to a Super Bowl and win it, it's going to be TB12. Okay. It's a lot of football left one check. Two, I ain't never betting against the statue. I don't call him the GOAT. I think every stadium – when you walk into the stadium, they need to put a statue of Tom Brady right in front of that thing. The man just thrown over 100,000 yards, whether it's playoffs or regular season. Over 100,000. It's a lot of people who don't put 100,000 on their cars. And we're talking about Tom Brady passing for 100,000. Like, it is crazy, yeah. Yeah, like the man the man, the man, man is a certified statue. You know, that's how I feel about Tom. So, no, nah, Tom has been going through a lot on and off the field. But Tom is the ultimate leader. For Tom to hug Byron Leftwich and to embrace him on making that call says a lot about Tom. For Tom to be 45 years old and still demanding and still have the desire to play football says a lot about Tom. For Tom, for Tom, to Tom to transfer during the time when the pandemic first struck, leave Boston, come to Tampa with no offseason, couldn't even couldn't even have an offseason with his wide receivers or tight ends at a park because they kept kicking them out. And to win a Super Bowl says a lot about time. So, nah, Gino, Gino on that West Coast, Gino playing his ass off. Gino then re- revamped his career. But I got to tip my hat to Coach Pete Carroll because Coach Pete Carroll, whether we like it or not, we didn't like the way he was drafted. We didn't like what he was doing. We just didn't. But obviously he has two running backs and Walker the third and company that will run the ball straight down your throat. He's getting back to the old defense where he likes wide receivers now, transitioning transitioning them into playing cornerback. He has that as well. And he has a quarterback who not only what we talked about, Gino, if you don't like what you see, run the ball. So, yeah, Gino is playing some good ball, but I got to tip my hat. Well, Aaron Rodgers, I talked about Aaron Rodgers on this show. The day Aaron Rodgers say, I, the day he will have that whole locker room. When he say, I didn't play good, when Aaron Rodgers say, I messed up, when he says that, 
everybody in that locker room will run through a brick wall, brick wall for Aaron Rodgers. Until that day, they're going to be playing the way he's playing right now. Say, I haven't played well less ayahuasca. What you're getting at there. Um, yeah, listen, the Seahawks model, in, in, it just in terms of stability before anything else, like it, it speaks to the idea that the resolution to everything is to fire things like what's on the other side if you do it. That's the, always a, the cynic, always it, the, tear the bandaid off, start fresh to what? Where, what are you jumping to? is quick to say fire candidate do you think Matt Cannon is the offensive coordinator a year from now I have no idea that's not my decision I'm just trying to get I like the answer I was hoping that there you would say that I, I had a feeling that's what you say that's why I didn't bring it up earlier but I felt obliged to sneak that in because everybody is asking about that um especially with Frank Reich out on the street and, and everything else Ike you're the tops man we're over the moon for you that uh that you're finally I mean obviously playing football great at that uh, great talking into a microphone, but I, I feel like the long-term play for you, the right spot for you has always been the one that you are now in doing personnel stuff for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's just the cherry on top of uh, of the whole thing. Very happy for you, Ike. Excited to see what happens with Ivan. You remember Eddie Spaghetti? Any final uh, words you want to say to him before you go? Hey, Eddie Spaghetti, just keep, uh, try to keep check in check. Who do you think can throw a ball farther, me or Eddie Spaghetti? Eddie Spaghetti all day. Why? He's right too. He's got too much muscles. It's going to get in the way. He's not limber anymore <laughs> now. Don't you see? It's the muscles are are a cage on his body. Don't you understand well, that? I don't want to. Tom divert Brady's it. not jacked up. I don't uh, want to divert it, but the uh, the Colts hired Jeff Saturday as head coach. Oh wow! The ESPN analyst Jeff Saturday the, now head coach. The interim coach. He is interim coach the rest of the year. Yeah. Hey, watch. Hey, hey, watch. Hey, watch how this. Watch how this offensive run game get back to where it need to get to. Watch. watch. Ooh, I bet you you're right about that. Watch, I right. bet you. When, get when you hire a former offensive line player, what? What? One thing: all offensive defensive line coaches, they're usually the mastermind behind the OCs because mm-hmm. they got to know protections. They got to know the personnel on the other side, they, and they know how to attack a offensive defense. The fact that Jeff Saturday is their interim head coach, watch how many points they put up, watch watch the time of possession goes up, and watch the rushing game. Watch the rushing game. That's all I see. Interesting. Uh, all right, we'll do that, and uh, great catching up with you, 2-4, um, and, uh, you know, Looking forward to seeing what the second half holds and looking forward to hearing your tales from the road, a scouting out there and everything else. Again, leave in the Steelers with our guy, Mark Berg, and check it out every week. You just heard the reason why you should be listening. It's because I Taylor's a delight, don't you see? He's a, he's, he's a swell fella, but uh, but also knows his stuff where pro football is concerned. So check him out. Appreciate you, Shaq. All right. Uh, the great I Taylor, everybody. And now a quick break. All right, Eddie Spaghetti, good stuff from 2-4 there. He remembered you, and he remembered me, which is which is flattering. Frank Reich, like I mentioned, is out. Um, you mentioned that Jeff Saturday is now in. Um, you know, lots to react to in the sports world, but we don't need to get deep into that. Why are you shaking your head? I, I mean, I just think it's a crazy hire, you know, just from a guy that's – Oh, you do? No college experience, no pro experience. Uh, he's named interim coach. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's a lost cause of a season for the Colts. Just put in one of your coordinators, ride this one out, get a better draft pick, and then make a decision. Like hiring Jeff Saturday, who, again, may have some great football acumen. Uh, I know Ike was saying that a lot of offensive linemen see the game really well, and I, I don't disagree with them, but I think it's just a bad look in this league to go hire a coach like this who is, you know, on a TV set uh, and he's coaching high school football. By the way, his high school football record is like 20 and 16. He's barely above 500 in high school. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's a strange move for a, a, a franchise that really has had this curse, um, you know, since Andrew Luck. I feel like it's a feel, it's a play to the masses. Like, how are they going to, how's everybody going to be mad about one of their guys who was there for the, for the Peyton good times and the Super Bowls and all of that? I think it's hard to get angry about when a season feels pretty close to lost if you're a Colts fan. Like, ah, 
we liked him. He was a nice guy. I think that's what it's about. I, I don't imagine unless they reel off a number of wins here that, uh, that he remains in that gig long-term. Um, meantime, talking about my team, I, I, my teams, I'm not going to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins and there's nothing you can do to make that happen. I'm going to wait and see what happens. It's, it's, it's not, it's not Thanksgiving yet. That's the most important thing. Penguins. <laughs> that's about the only ray of, of hope I can provide there. Um, I, I, you hear some optimism from Mike there, though, on the Steelers spaghetti. I was happy to hear it. Yeah, I mean, Ike knows the team very well. Uh, he seems pretty optimistic. He says Kenny Pickett is the guy for the job, which I think is probably the most important statement you can make. And then, obviously, you guys talked uh, a, a bit about T.J. Watt. When you lose your your best player, the difference maker, that does change things. But that has to factor in. So, uh, I mean, yes, I, I'm sure fans are frustrated the season's going the way it is, but I, I don't think you're in a, a bad scenario whatsoever. All right. Um, your team's in a better scenario. Xavier McKinney, though, out now. Now, that's not a great way to come out of the bye there. We'll see what uh, how long he's going to be on the shelf. Um, but all right. We have so much to get to, and we have a three-day break to get right, to get ready for that. In the meantime, go listen to Extra Points, all the shows on the Extra Points Network, including Waiver Wired with Eddie Spaghetti and Jen Piacente as things are heating up in the fantasy football leagues out there. Um, and uh, until next time, I guess. Thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>